0: hey this is alex and you're listening to lunchbox radio sunday edition now thanks to everybody who listened to my last episode on log horizon season 2 i um will probably be talking about season 3 considering i started watching it um as soon as i finished season 2 which was to plan, so I have succeeded in that but um they have they have made a show about civic responsibility and like the evolution of government and governing, and that's that's like madness, and I love it <laughs> um but that's not what I want to talk about on this Sunday edition. What I want to talk about on this Sunday edition is. The experience of watching log horizon on season two because it's it's not it's not great and it it points to something that I've used this Sunday edition specifically to rail against for a while now and so i don't know if you listen to um Trash Taste, which is uh, which is the podcast started by, um, the Anime Man, c Dog VA, and Giguk, but there was um, uh, I think not in the most recent episode, but on the episode before that, they were, they brought up how much. Sony, which it, who owns Funimation, had purchased um, Crunchyroll for, and like the three of them like audibly balked at it. They were stunned that it was over a billion dollars. They're like, what the fuck? And, the reason why I'm bringing this up, again, is because we're starting to encounter the kinds of things that happen in, or at least I am, the kinds of things that happen in a, like, duopoly or monopoly scenario. And that is that Stuff just doesn't... Stuff just doesn't go well. One of the reasons why you want competition in anything is because the... That forces everybody to keep improving. For example... Um... When I was in college... If you had a... Well, when I was in art school, which is the kind of college I went to. I went to an art college. Um... <laughs> I have a degree in graphic design, but, um, if you had anything other than a Mac, and this is still kind of true, but not as true, if you had anything other than a, um, Apple MacBook, your teachers kind of couldn't help you, because they just, they just didn't know what the fuck to do, because it it wasn't a Mac operating system, and that's still largely true in art schools. But in lots of in lots of places now, people just use PCs, and that's because Apple had such a lock on that on the like creative sphere, and largely it still does. I mean, I'm recording this on an iPad Pro. Um, but it had such a lock on the professionalized creative environment that it kind of got stale. And more than that, it kind of got stale. And they started making changes that just cre- creative professionals didn't like. So on some level, an opening was made for windows for for specifically microsoft and like microsoft hardware partners to just make better more interesting creative rigs which are what people call computers specifically geared towards creating like media and graphics and stuff and that's how you got to a computer, and I know this is super nerdy, but it has a point, I promise, um, that's how you got to a computer called the, micro, called the Microsoft Surface Studio, which if you've never seen this thing, it's basically a, um, giant pen display with a fancy knob that you can get for it, (laughs) and it is just, like, it is Microsoft's idea of the platonic dream of what, like, an architect, or a graphic designer would want to work on. And it's a be- It's massively expensive. It's like $5,000 to start. But it's a beautiful thing. And whether it works perfectly or not. It's kind of besides the point. The point is that. You know competition caused. You know. Microsoft to be able to make a better. More interesting product. Because it was competing with Apple when it saw an opening. Now that's that is largely because it, those two company those two companies are actually competitive with each other on on a couple on a bunch of levels, and that's the benefit of competition. What happens when you don't when you start to not have competition is or you start to be too big for the space is those improvements, those, like, moments of polish and moments of, like, sheer perfection start to fall by the wayside. And what I've noticed with the Funimation app, and granted, the Funimation app has never been... uh, The Funimation app and website have never been, shall we say, fully functional. But... Usually, it's been usable. Wherever you want to use it. And I may need to just update the app, but I shouldn't have to. Because every... And I find this... The other thing I find interesting is it's only happening with new... With the newer shows that are coming out this season. There's all kinds of funky-ass shit happening with the encodes for all of the... For, like, Skate the Infinity, for Log Horizon Season 2. I get the sense that it's probably on that, um... Horror suspense thriller thing they have there. the The, like, egg thing. Um... But it... So, for... First off, the um second episode of Skate the Infinity... The third episode of Skate the Infinity is out right now. And I don't know about that. But on the second episode, the subtitles were so out of sync, it was unwatchable. Um, I have still not successfully watched a episode of Log Horizon on an Apple TV. <laughs> I, there's... a a episode of Log Horizon Season 3 on an Apple TV, there's all kinds of these little... And I want to point out, they're not little. They are this app's actual... The point of this app is to be able to watch anime, and if you cannot watch anime, the app has... It's literally not doing what it should do. And... If that was to happen on something like um if those issues were to happen on something like say high dive or even something like um Retro Crush, you would feel like it would make like you would make an impact like it would make an impact on the company in question sooner. And the reason why that is because um Either people run high dive, or the uh like weird media conglomerate thing, um the weird niche media East Asian media licensing company that runs um Retro Crush. Have a lot more to gain if their app works. F- Funimation and Crunchyroll are the two are now, A, one and the same in terms of, like, the umbrella company they're under. But also, they're so big that it doesn't feel like a single subscriber can have a seriously meaningful impact unless their issue is very strange. And that... That's not great. (laughs) We shouldn't have to band together to get... A, like, stable stream from Crunchyroll. Or we shouldn't have to, like... It shouldn't be a prevailing issue... That... You can't watch... You, like, literally you get a black screen when you try to watch... One of the new release, One of the newest... Releases on Funimation. I... And it's not... It's not that this stuff shouldn't happen or, like, it's unforgivable. That's not what I'm saying. Like, there are... These things are now big, unwieldy media libraries that need to be heavily managed constantly, I'm sure. And if you follow Justin Sudeikis on Twitter, you know that, like, people of whole careers running like, doing encoding specifically for things like Hulu, um, Crunchyroll, Funimation. Um, Justin Sudeikis specifically, I know, does a lot of mastering for DVDs, for DVDs and Blu-rays from... Um, what's it called? Who Runs High Dive? Um, Sentai Filmworks. Sent- I, he, I think he does all of them for Sentai Filmworks. But it, it's... So, this stuff isn't... This stuff isn't necessarily easy. And at the point we are... We're at in the, like, niche culture of anime... uh, We're getting into some older shows in terms of, like, releasing and putting them up. And especially for a project like um, Retro Crush... Some of that stuff is from the 90s or earlier... And once you get, once you get out of the early, t- once you are out of the two thousands, source materials for stuff is really complicated. <laughs> it's real. It's really complicated. Sometimes, oftentimes, lots of times damaged. Um, it comes on multiple different types of media that you have to get into one one Blu-ray, one set of files that will then get mastered to a Blu-ray. And, um... Also, there's different considerations. is like, different price points people want to hit for what it costs to produce a Blu-ray, um, because they want to sell it for a certain price, all this other nonsense. But what shouldn't happen is... These problems, like... It's one thing if you're failing different ways every time. It's one thing if you're failing because you're like trying all these big, dumb, weird experiments and just sometimes things fail. It's another thing if you're failing and the failures feel like they're the result of apathy. And it when like when you're paying a when you're paying a subscription to a company for a product and that product it doesn't just doesn't work. And it's not because they're like, hey, we wanna try this new big, weird, scary thing, and it might not work. And it might break some stuff. Then that needs to be then that needs to be dealt with. Um so probably the only saving grace of the like cyberpunk release scenario is that when you put, when you play Cyberpunk in like a perfect envi- in like a close to perfect environment, which um as far as anybody's concerned, is basically the state like the stadium release It's the most stable thing. Way to play cyberpunk. It it does have it it like has a quality that video games often basically don't have it like it it feels it has that overproduced triple a this is close to the dream feel at certain points like and that's what keep that's what kept me coming back to that game until i finished it and even makes me think occasionally like maybe i'll start a new character and then i Punch myself in the side of the head and keep going with my going on with my life, um, because it has some beauty in it there somehow, and that makes you a little bit more forgiving of like the f- fucked up weird glitches in that game. Now, if now so the thing is, is for many people that game doesn't work at all. Or didn't work at all. They're getting closer and closer with every successive update. One day in 2030. It will be playable. Um, But the... The... That's a different kind of hubris. The kind of hubris that is... You are paying for this app. And when you go do the thing the app should do... It doesn't do it. it's a different problem, and it's it that problem is generally speaking exacerbated by the fact that Funimation and Crunchyroll are now the are now just the same companies they're owned by Sony so how long does it take to fix something do do The other, the other thing I wanted to mention is, um, and this is, this is really important because this is about the way a product like anime works versus a, like, major motion picture that was produced by America and released in America first. Um, and this is a thing that Netflix almost certainly understands, they just don't care about, is when, let's say Netflix, so, um, Kakegarui, it's the perfect example. That show is, like, a very bingeable show, so Netflix held, the, held each season until they could, like, dump it and do the Netflix-style binge release. But... The problem is, is that they don't control the faucet that thing came out of. So, it exists, like, the entire time Kakaguru was coming out, it existed out in the world. Like, you could just go find it. And then, there's a handful. And so, if you wanted to be part of the big, like, conversation around that show, you were watching it illegally. And it's one thing for Netflix to do that because they've always done that, and that's their release style, and like they want you to binge things, that's how they that's how they function as a company. But it's another thing if you are saying like, okay, i'm gonna we're gonna commit to doing week to week episode at a time releases, and then that doesn't work. What that ends up doing functionally is it ends up saying, like, okay, if you want to, you're paying for the right to see this, and we're not letting you see it. We're basically encouraging piracy. And it's a. And yes, the anime bubble, I talked about the anime bubble bursting in a previous episode, but yes, the anime bubble burst. Largely because the entire economy of the world burst... Around the same time. But it burst... The anime bubble burst earlier. And the reason that happened was because... The... Way anime could come out at that point... Could not keep up with... The amount that was... A, the amount that was available. And B people who were able to make it available faster. So when I was first getting an anime, you, it quickly became, like, the, the case. It wasn't the case when I f- first started getting an anime, but then later on it was very much the case that you could spend hundreds of dollars over months Buying a show like El Reca 7. Which I just literally bought the... Like, all-in-one Blu-ray um. thing from Right Stuff. and, Like, yesterday morning. But you could spend hundreds of dollars. Not, like, $26 or whatever I spent. Buying that show over a bunch of DVDs. Or... You could... Log on to the Pirate Bay, find all 51 episodes in one file, and torrent it. And have it by like, by that time, by the same time the next day. And the reason that anime streaming became a thing was to do the thing you do when you want to make people stop stealing stuff on the internet. You make it so convenient. That it. You make it so convenient. And relatively cheap. That people just pay for it. People just pay like. Oh you mean I have to. Pay 50 50 bucks total. To be able to watch all the anime that comes out. Sure. No questions asked. But what happens when. That. Reverts to being harder is people go back to the old way to, to the old to the old ways of the bad times, and on one level, so what Sony is trying to do is they're trying to make it super easy. Ultimately, I'm sure to pay one price and just have both Funimation and Crunchyroll, and that'll cover like ninety percent of the shows, a hundred percent of the shows for lots of people that most people want to watch. But that's contingent on the apps working. And the amount of times that I see on the Crunchy on the R slash Crunchyroll forums on um Reddit, it's just the at like the amount of posts that I see that's just like this app is dog shit. It never works. It never it never has a clean stream. It never it never doesn't buffer. And the amount of times I've watched shows on Crunchyroll where, like, it's just the, the buffering gets weird. The, like, app screws up slash dies. If you're selling me a knife... If you say you're selling me a knife and I give you... Money for a knife. And you give me a baseball bat. That's. That's not. We did not agree on. The same thing here. It makes it. Like no. And. Yeah. Crunchyroll and Funimation aren't a whole lot of money. In terms of like subscription costs. But that doesn't matter. You know. The. These apps have millions of... Are in the millions levels of subscribers now. They need to work. And also they need to work because... They're making all these deals with all these anime product... With all these anime product... With all these animation studios and production companies. And then they're just not... Like they're not... What will ultimately happen with... Something like gate the infinity or log horizon is if the day one numbers if the day one um releases aren't correct people just stop watching them there they won't stop watching the shows the numbers will just go down in the places that count I did a um a while back. I did a piracy, um, it was like a thing about piracy and why you shouldn't pirate, and that's what will ultimately end up happening if these apps don't do their jobs. Is people won't stop watching anime? That won't happen because the thing about these um about these platforms is they don't control their content. They license it all. That's one of the reasons why Netflix produces um originals, why they're produces really high quality high quote unquote quality originals, like it's going out of style because they need some base level of content that they own, that they can control. So if for whatever reason, you know, every company decides we're not licensing our stuff to Netflix, which is happening, they have control over that content. But, you know, all Disney stuff used to just be on Netflix. Now it's on Disney+. And what... What will happen when, if these apps don't clean up their act, is... And I'm not saying that's like die or anything or it's so bad that like nobody can watch stuff. I'm just saying that I see enough of it and I've experienced enough of it where I can understand that a couple maybe a couple thousand viewers across the board just don't deal with it. They just don't wanna pay money for something that doesn't work, which I get. But if that gets really bad for a specific show or a specific app, what ends up happening is you only get one season of Skate the Infinity because it, even though it's really good and seems to be popular, it doesn't matter if the numbers are places where they can't be counted. No. If the, you know, if everybody goes and pirates it, it doesn't matter how good a show is, the people who need to see the numbers go up don't see the numbers go up. And then they're like, oh, this wasn't popular enough, no new season. And that ends up affecting the outcome and popularity of shows and properties. And, But the other thing about that as a viewer is you can't, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place at that point. You can't give the show any, any, like, official love because when you go and watch it, it doesn't work. And, but you still want to watch the show, which is totally understandable. And this is the important part. You are doing the thing you're supposed to do. You're doing the thing where you're supposed to, where you pay for a streaming service, and you giving you giving money the way you're supposed to give money. What do you What do you expect to do? Go go in, go on to go on and buy the Japanese Blu-ray release. No, that's like a lot of import costs. So, in that case, you know people just end up pirating stuff because at that point you've hit some sort of limit of questions where it's the most logical option. And I just... I want to talk about that this as a Sunday episode again because it, it bears repeating. The monopolies, the, like, scenario, the ultimate scenario of monopolies in any kind of industry isn't a good thing for consumers... At the end of the day, and on one level, that's because it it ultimately fucks you over in terms of price, but it also ultimately fucks you over in terms of what um what content you get, what um what. The content feels like how you consume that content, all that stuff. Um The last example I'll give because I think it's a really good example. So, Disney went on a buying spree basically so it could get all of the Marvel properties back in one place, back under one roof, because that's valuable to them. Um, For obvious reasons of like, you know, if if Marvel's X-Men was at Fox and Disney didn't own Fox, 21st Century Fox, then they would still be like X-Men movies could come out and they wouldn't make any money off it. Same thing happened with Fantastic Four. That last Fantastic Four movie that was terrible, the reason it came out was so that they could hold on to the license for another 10 years. Um, which I find hilarious. They produced a dumpster fire movie for millions of dollars just so they could hold the license for a property they never did much with in the first place. Um, But somebody on um, Trash Taste, on on that same episode of Trash Taste, brought up the idea of Disney buying Shonen Jump. And... Sea Dog, um, Connor, not Sea Dog. I should just call him Connor, um, but Connor was like, no, I don't want that. That sucks. I want my Hero Academy to feel like The Avengers when I watch it. That's that's awful, and he has a point. And the other point is, is when you. When a big brand buys a smaller brand, what tends to happen is stuff from the smaller brands starts to feel like the bigger brand. And if the small brand has any stuff that can't fit into that, that mold, it starts to um, it come into question whether anything will ever be produced for that property. So... um. Well the biggest well one of the biggest surprises out of the Marvel catalog was when Deadpool came out. And Deadpool it was like for a while with the highest grossing R rated movie. It and it's like they made a Ryan Reynolds and I forget the um director's name were like determined to make a good R rated superhero movie and they pulled it off and they pulled it off twice actually three times if you count the Christmas special but that's a different thing um and it and then and then Disney bought Marvel and they bought Fox and they got control of Deadpool and everybody was like well Deadpool's just dead because Marvel because Disney doesn't produce R-rated movies it's like that's the thing in Disney and then Disney was like, no, we're doing it. We're making We're making Deadpool 3. And on one level, you're like, of course they are. The movie made a lot of money. But on another level, you're like, holy shit. They're just going to make Deadpool. That, like, Deadpool is... D- D- Deadpool is the thing that kills Mickey Mouse <laughs> kind of thing. Um... And it just, that was a surprise, and that was someone saying like, if we buy this property, we're forcing ourselves to make another entry in it because if we don't, we'll become it'll become a problem down the line. And I actually had a lot of respect for them for doing that and taking that stance, like, no, we're making Deadpool three. Like, we're just going to do it. We, It's an R-rated thing, but this is what we signed up for. And, but we can't count on every brand to be that responsible. Or to be that, um, aware. It used to be that when, um, and this is one of the reasons why I like the Crunchyroll Funimation, like, partnership, not whole owned merger is what Crunchyroll and Funimation did when they did that thing. And then the last thing I'll say is Crunchyroll would go after the subtitled version and Funimation would take the dubbed version when they went to license things. So if you wanted to watch the dub of an anime, it was available on Funimation. The subtitle was available on Crunchyroll if you wanted access to access the both like a crazy person, you just bought both for a pretty reduced price at that point. Um, but if you want only were a dubbed anime watcher for that like couple years um actually for that like six months, not even a couple years, um you could subscribe to Funimation for the dub or Crunchyroll for the sub. And it was it was probably the best variant of what could have happened. And now they're all mixed up again. After a while of them not being mixed up. And it's just like... I just feel like we're going... Like, this is not going as smoothly as people would dream of. And that doesn't... um, As a consumer, I would worry about the future of licensed anime streaming apps because what like the two the two biggest ones are owned by the same company and they're not they're not really improving anymore. And I just so I wanted to make a podcast about it. So if you like this episode you can subscribe to the podcast and whatever you can listen to me right now. There's new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Third day is more about a singular show or property or movie. Um Sunday is more metatextual, usually me ranting about all kinds of stuff. But lately I've been ranting about a lot of monopolistic leanings of bullshit. But um until Thursday my name has been Alex. My, na- my name is Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio, Sunday edition. And I'll talk to you then.